uses a lot of technology, but the real magic is the people. Jerry, I think it's time for a dance move. I have great friends that work here. We laugh, we joke, but we also get our job done. We support each other, and we just rock it out. <laughs> There's so many people coming together to create one goal. Everybody always wants to make sure you're safe and having fun. Work friends turn into work family. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Arts on the Move podcast. I am your host, Calypso, and thank you so much for joining us. Today's show, I have my guest co-host, radio personality Mark Wallingren, who was on our second episode, if you remember. And we have Paul Lobster Wells from Flow Communications. I'm going to ask him why they call him the lobster, because I'm really curious. And then we have Eddie and Caitlin from Plastic Culture. And we have Laura Espinoza, guitar songwriter. And then we also have Mindy Milborn, lead songwriter and singer from Make Believe Friends. So... Concert season begins Sunday, June 27th. I know we're all excited because we really can't wait. And we have it with R&B sounds of Terrell Edwards, Brittany Crush, and Aviva. We also have Councilman Bob Bloomingfield's July 4th extravaganza, and it's hosted by the Woodland Hills Porsche, with opening acts, Alunis, and main act, Ticket to Ride. So for all the information, make sure you head on over to valleyculture.org for all the information. Okay, so big congratulations to the class of 2021. You guys made it. Uh, the daughter of our chair of the board, Sarah, graduated from Moore Park College. Congrats to you. She's on her way to the Sonoma State University. Also, congratulations to Etiwanda High School and Huntington Beach High School. And now it's time to go adulting. I don't know what's next after that. I, Sorry, I can't tell you. I'm still trying to adult, actually, by the way. Okay, so before we get started on the show, I just have to share with you. I'm, I don't know if I'm a little disappointed, but you know, a little thrown off because I found out today that our Arts on the Move podcast show crew today just has really bad fashion sense, especially my boss. Okay, because we were going back and forth on what shoes to wear for today. I started with the blue shoes. I don't know if you could see them. And then one of the sound engineering crew, audio crew, said to wear the leopard one. And then they decided, they said, well, well, no, this one looks better. So honestly, I just wore the blue ones and it, I literally just changed my shoes like five or six times today. Um, I literally was just like back and forth, back and forth. They're old fashioned and they're old farts. And you know what? I wore red lipstick today just to make them cringe. And I know I can hear her cringing right now. She is so upset right now and that's okay. <laughs> but you know what? Right after this message is, we're going to come back with all of our guests, so make sure you stay on in. Rockseller Magazine. Hi, I'm Lisa Loeb, and I have a brand new album out. I just want to let you know I have a new record out called Run To Me. Hi, Hi. we're Pablo Cruz. I got a new single. I've got new music. I got a new hip. No, 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 no. Not, not that kind of hip. Contests, giveaways, prizes. Daily free newsletter. Never miss out. Rock music news delivered. Rockcellarmagazine.com slash subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Valley Cultural Foundation's 
Arts on the Move event. I'm Congressman Brad Sherman from America's best name city, Sherman Oaks. If you or someone you know is having trouble dealing with any federal agency, perhaps a stimulus payment or difficulty with a PPP loan for small business, call my constituent services office at 818-501-9200. My staff works very hard, they'll solve your problem, and then I, Brad Sherman, take the credit. I think that's a great system. Again, our number is 818-501-9200. I'm Congressman Brad Sherman. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you are having a great one so far. So I am here with my guest co-host, Mark Wallingren, who's radio host personality of Los Angeles uh, Radio. And, you know, I'm excited because Mark uh, was with us on our second episode. Hey, Mark, how are you? Come on in and join it is us. Thank you. It is. It's good to be here again, and uh, you look great. And love what's going on right now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, and also, who do we have also joining us? I believe. Okay, we're gonna let Paul in the room. Paul's in the house. Oh, I love that intro. <laughs> <laughs> the lobster. Okay, the lobster. All right, we're unmuted and uh, back on camera. Hello. Paul? Wells, the lobster. Welcome to the show from Flow Communications. Hi, how are you? Doing well. How are you today? I'm doing fabulous. I don't know if you heard earlier, but my, I have a crazy boss who says that I don't match my shoes. So I wore red lipstick today just to make her tick. And I'm going to wear these blue shoes on every single show. <laughs> I can't see the shoes or the color of them. Okay, but just know that they're blue <laughs> and they match my top. See it. Uh-huh. Well, this is quite the group today. Let's start with each of you introducing yourselves and telling our audience a little bit about yourself, starting with Mr. Mark Wallingren. Well, as you know, my name is Mark Wallingren. I uh, uh, worked at Coast 103 Radio in Los Angeles for 35 years, uh, 30 of those uh, in the morning show. Uh, and uh, I have been in between gigs now for a, a little while and uh, in, enjoying the time, especially during the pandemic. It was a, it was a great time to find yourself having to uh, uh, stay home and, and not do much of anything. Um, I had a, a, a marvelous career uh, in Los Angeles working for uh, during the entire run of my career, which is, uh, uh, you know, in small towns as well. Just a great opportunity to see how things go from small markets into uh, major corporations, into beyond major corporations, but giant conglomerates. So hopefully, uh, you know, we've got uh, something to be able to share with you to help you out as you're making your way through the biz. That's awesome. And then next to you, we have Mr. Lobster. Please tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. I really like, I'm digging that name because I never heard nobody call themselves a lobster. Uh, I'm the only one uh, on radio or, or TV that calls himself lobster. And if that weren't true, there would be a lawsuit. <laughs> and, and, and as Mark himself. knows, I know that Mark uh, has a, a real distinction to be able to be at the same radio station doing warnings for 30 years is like a year is like dog years in radio. So you can multiply that by seven wow. for the equivalent. Uh, it's an, an incredible achievement. I had one year on the radio in L.A. doing mornings at KNAC after I had a brief uh, 
experience at KMET, the Mighty Met, before um, we helped at KNAC to blow it up by taking away all their 18 to 24 year olds, <laughs> their guys. I, I remember that. I yeah, remember we, that. We were heavy metal and, and with a vengeance. Um, and I considered that period of my life exile on Main Street. Uh, so uh, I started my radio career at, at a college in New York, visiting my brother, who was a grad student at Stanford. I uh, really loved the weather, the atmosphere, and there were five FM rock stations, which I determined I wanted to do. And at that point, the name The Lobster had been the van that I got when I managed a band when I was 19 or 20 years old in Brooklyn. And it was a blue van, and it was a thing uh, that a friend of mine wrote a poem to uh, Robin Trower's guitar playing. So it kind of worked out to be my name, but he had a vision of a lobster that was turning knobs and pushing buttons while music was playing. And when you realize that's the gig of a DJ, I kind of fulfilled the, the vision. In Alice in Wonderland, there's a talking lobster. So <laughs> I, I fulfilled that vision too. Uh, is that uh, I discovered radio by accident because I went to college and become a veterinarian. I started doing college radio and then it kind of got stuck in my craw, so to speak. And uh, so I've stuck with it. When you come in as a lobster, is there like a certain voice that you come in, uh, like when you're doing a talk <laughs> break? I'm always curious about that. Cause you know how- uh, you The you cartoon show? character. No, like can you show us what you do? Well, no, I don't, but there is a voiceover because it's part of National Lampoon's radio hour and it's Bill Murray going, everybody get out of here, there's a lobster loose. And uh, they even put that on billboards in San Francisco when I worked for CBS's The Rocker, which is uh, now Alice. It had a sex change many years ago and became Alice instead of The Rocker. But that's San Francisco for you. Yeah. I made my own joke about San Francisco, so that's it. No more well, jokes. You know, if, Paul, if, if I could yes. say, I mean, San Francisco, such an incredibly important music market. I mean, if you look at uh, what happened uh, there in the rock world in the 60s with Bill Graham and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly enough, I mean, I remember when uh, it, 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 it changed over to Alice and Alice is it still survives. I mean, it's, it's doing quite well. Yes. So uh, it, it, you know, uh, and and let's see what it was. I guess it was. Uh, what is it? John Lasseter, who, you know, was with Pixar, who came down here and and uh, he would he would come on our my show in the morning and talk about how much he missed being in the San Francisco Bay Area, listening to Alice, you know, and he was, I guess, a regular on on that station. So anyway, just San Francisco is a hugely important music market in this country. It's a cultural place to me. It's where East meets West, North meets South, and none of that matters. Yeah. All cultures collide in San Francisco. Yeah. And and, and uh, we we somehow we get along with each other. Don't ask me. Let's <laughs> be the water. So a uh, question. What do you find most uh, joyful in radio after all these years? Um, if you ask me that question, because I do uh, Lobster Sunday Brunch at 97.7 <laughs> The River so cool. once a week, you know, so yes. Well, I mean, it's branding, right? I'm on from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Sunday. It's Sunday brunch time. I'm Lobster, ergo. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, what I find still to this day is uh, the, the discovery. I always enjoyed the joy juice was discovering new artists, championing new artists, uh, even going back to the early progressive rock days of Journey, 
And uh, we at the radio station I was in the South Bay were the first to play police in any kind of regular rotation in America when wow. AM Records didn't even think that the police were worth releasing. It had stiffed in, in the UK, and, and we had this, the import 45 of Roxanne, and we started playing it like it was a hit, and ta-da, it became a hit. So that's always been part of the joy juice, watching people that I've known before anybody cared about them, and, and Tom Petty is a, another example of just people we got into playing, and, and Plastic Culture, who we have on the show today, is my uh, Lobster's Adopt an Artist winner for 2021. What, did, what, did, what name did you call them? You called them a specific name, right? The, is it the well, plastic name? culture. No, wasn't it like the, the, the adopted artist? The, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, thank you, Mark. He heard that. Yeah, the, the lobsters adopted artist of the year. They're they're the 2021 adopted artist. Wow. I find something I like. I, it appeals to my ears. I hear something. I see something that I think that there, there's a total package there. And um, they check off different right boxes in the time and place. I mean, what I liked um, in the 70s or 80s or 90s or even the aughts doesn't uh, necessarily apply. Or the teens, where are we now? 2021. We're pretty well into the 21st century now. You know, being in radio and you listen to a new song, let's say that you're being introduced to a new song. Do you right away, right off the bat now or... You know what? Let's listen again, maybe three more times, and it'll grow. Has that ever happened to where? No, I think there's something in the song. Uh, explain that theory a little bit, because I'm like right away. No, this song's not gonna. No, I'm sorry, I'm not flowing with it. Fortunately, I had I had no uh, big corporation, no consultant, and I was when I was hired to be music director. I was told we're hiring you to do your thing, not our thing. So I had complete control over the music, but what I did was I had all the DJs join me. And if they wanted free records, which was, you know, an important <laughs> That's thing. That's how we, we got it. We went into the PD's office. The PD distributed the free records. Yeah. This is what I'm liking. And, 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 and you know, yes. I, I love this story because this is so familiar in the sense of getting everybody together and listening. Right, but they didn't get free records if they didn't review albums. Exactly. And my, my air staff was my focus group. So if the space cadet and the cowboy liked the same record, then I knew we were on to something, even if I didn't necessarily like it. And yeah, there were some records where instantly, yeah, that's it. It's got it. I don't know what it is, but it's got it. And there were also songs that would just kind of wear the groove in on me. But, you know, back in the vinyl days, we'd, we'd listen to the first cut on side one, the first cut on side two. If we didn't hear it, the record would get put aside. <laughs> if we didn't hear it in those first two songs. And then people would say, oh, yeah, well, check out chat track three. But we didn't we didn't play what the record companies were pushing as as the hit or the single. We played what we felt resonated with our audience and, and we let and them ultimately decide. Yeah. And, and he's bringing up a really good point because 
boy, have times changed mm. because now with the um, with the consolidation of these uh, companies and one company owning everything and the fact that uh, everything is based on uh, advertising revenue. And since the digital age and social media, all of a sudden that revenue has been literally cut into by uh, enormous amounts. Therefore, companies have had to cut back costs in order to try to stay afloat. And as a result, um, what, what's happened here? Mute, Mark. Yeah, you know, it is, <laughs> believe it or not, it is, it is on mute. That's so funny. But the point is, is that um, those old days that uh, Paul is talking about, unfortunately, have gone to a new day where we are now regional programming and the record labels are literally dictating what radio plays and radio is not necessarily playing what radio or, or individual music and program directors uh, would necessarily uh, pick or even, you know, th they would still be, they would be played the song the label wants and that the song the label is, is, uh, is, is going to push. But it's, it's, I don't, I have, it's been decades for me. Uh, well, at least since uh, uh, the 2000s that, um, that radio uh, executives have had a big say in what's getting played uh, on the radio. Labels seem to dictate that these days. Yeah. To a certain extent, but then you have iHeartMedia, which um, really will do a thing that will push somebody out to all their stations, and they'll give you a lot more consideration if you play their iHeart Music Festival. Yeah. So they have ways of leveraging exactly what they get and from what label. But as it's, far as as regional, what Mark is talking about yeah. there is yeah. we used to be able to have local hits become regional hits, or let's take Tom Petty and the Police because there was a program director in BCN in Boston that came from one of the Bay Area radio stations. And so between Boston and and the San Francisco Bay Area, artists would get airplay where they weren't getting played nearly anywhere else. And uh, John Scott, who lives in the Valley and became the promotion head for um, the, the label ABC, and then, then they merged with MCA, he came into his office with a stack of records in the closet that was being ignored. And he saw the Tom Petty cover and just figured he'd give it a listen. And they had already decided it wasn't any good. And then decided he wanted to work the record and then he looked at the sales and out of something like 22,000 copies and that's all that had sold after something like six months of the release okay. the, after that much time and 22,000 copies something like 17,000 were from the Boston and San Francisco Bay areas period and that's where John having been a DJ in Memphis and knew how to do it said well if you could break them out in two markets they could be a hit anywhere Right. And that kind of pipeline doesn't exist right now. Okay, well, hold that thought because we're going to go uh, have a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Tim Gaspar with Gaspar Insurance, and we are thrilled to announce that we're the proud sponsor of the Valley Cultural Foundation's new Arcs on the Move podcast. The Valley Cultural Foundation does fantastic work here in the San Fernando Valley, bringing arts and music and culture to all of us. Did you know U2's first concert in the United States was right here in Reseda at the Reseda Country Club? 
and Bruno Mars was actually discovered in Woodland Hills at Pickwick's Pub. Very, very cool. As the leading auto and home insurance agency in the San Fernando Valley, we're thrilled to be a part of all of this. And as part of this podcast, if you call our office and get a quote for auto, home, or earthquake insurance, you'll get a $10 Amazon gift card just for making the call. So please call one of our team members today or go to gasparinsurance.com and let us know that you heard about us on the podcast. Now, enjoy the podcast and have a great day. And welcome back to the show. As promised, we have Eddie and Caitlin from Plastic Culture. Hello, and then also have Laura Espinosa from Make Believe Friends um, joining Mark and Paul. And also we have M Mindy Milborn, who's the lead singer and songwriter of Make Believe Friends. Oh, we have quite the group today. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us. One more pit for a pitcher and we have a ball team. <laughs> That's right. And a catcher. Could use a catcher. Yeah, definitely. How Hello, are you? Everyone. So Eddie and Caitlin, we had them on the second episode. Want to go ahead and introduce yourselves really quick? Yeah, my name is Caitlin. I'm Eddie. We're Plastic Culture. I'm the lead singer and co-songwriter. And I am the multi-instrumentalist and co-songwriter as well. And then that's we, us. You don't have your guitar today? <laughs> um, look what's behind him. Wow. A lot of guitars there. Question, how many guitars do you own? Oh, I'm gonna let Caitlin answer that one. Like a, I mean, I don't know too many. He owns a lot. He owns a whole account. I, I have about like ten working professional guitars, and then like twenty projects that are just sitting. <laughs> oh, at least you can never have a too much of guitars. Kind of like yeah, shoes. kind of like women's shoes. Can't have too many shoes. Exactly right? for guitars. Guitars are like shoes. I think I'll wear the red one today. Yeah. I don't feel like pumps, maybe flats. <laughs> yes, right now, right? And then we have next to you guys, I don't know if you can see it, but we have um we have Laura Espinosa, one of our emerging artists, who's also a radio host personality. And next to you we have Mindy Milborn. Go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves, please. Hey, hello, I'm Mindy Milburn. Um, and as you said, I am the lead singer for Make Believe Friends. Um, Laura and I are kind of the core members of the group and it's an alt rock band. We're based in LA. Um, and yeah, so we've got some new music coming out soon. Really excited about that. Uh, I'm Laura Espinosa. I am the other half of the better half. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I write for the band also with, uh, London Rain, which we were Cleopatra recording artists a long time ago. And then with, um, Mindy, we are now Make Believe Friends, which is an awesome combination of really talented people. And we have a new single coming out in July, which we're excited about. We're going to debut it probably at the Mint. And then of course, um, playing at the Ballet Cultural Center coming up here very shortly at, in Woodland Hills Yay. event. Congrats. Whoa. And yes. you're also, you also are a radio personality as well. Yes, I, um, I'm a DJ at uh, KBUU-FM in Malibu, just small station. Previously, uh, general manager at KOH, KTHX in Reno, where we actually launched, uh, Bruce Van Dyke and I launched the first X format a uh, long time ago. And uh, then uh, worked in uh, Fuller Jeffries in Sacramento, a bunch of radio stations there, and in Santa Rosa, and a bunch of radio stations there. I know so many people in radio that that uh, actually uh, got kind of started in bands. Was radio first and then band or, or or did you always do them at the, you know, concurrently? 
I'll try to make this as short as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Started in Phantom Music with Matt Sorum being my first drummer, who was eventually with Guns N' Roses. We started together in high school, Mission Viejo. I then went to um, work on Stevie Wonder's Secret Life of Plants, but then left music to work in television, spent uh, a lot of years in television, won three Emmys with Disney, um, then went to radio for a while, and then um, left it all and decided to just uh, get my degree in law. Currently going to Harvard Law School in copyright, and have my paralegal degree at UCLA, and doing my radio show. You're amazing. You, you're absolutely do? amazing. I, it's like, what don't you do, Laura? That's seriously <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what we say around here. Yeah. And what do you, you do? know, for me, when I got started in, in 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 radio, I really wanted to be a musician, and so growing up in the Studio City, North Hollywood, San Fernando Valley area. Um, I played with in, 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 in a garage with a you know, whole bunch of kids that I still know to this day. And all those kids ended up becoming, well, most of them members of Toto, but there were also these, you know, so it was Steve Lukather, guitarist Michael Landau, the, the Picaro brothers, David Page, all those people. Uh, and it was kind of like the musicianship got so amazing and technical. And this is 70s prog rock. And I just thought, I'm a Ringo. There's no room. For, you know, you got to be absolutely massively proficient. And so I just ended up kind of finding my way to radio because I loved music and it kept me close to it. So uh, you did you did much more than that. And you're going to law school. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk that. Um, so uh, questions for either. What inspires you to write and what comes first, the lyrics or the score? Well, I guess for Laura and I, I'll just say um, she usually comes up with a riff and plays it for me or puts together um, somewhat of an arrangement of a song and presents it to me. And then I just listen to it and start just la la lying to it for better, for worse. And then some words start to come together and then a feeling comes. And that's when I just start to put down words to it. So it's usually something like that. Very collaborative for us. Yes. It's pretty much a team effort almost all the time, whether it's the music first or lyrics first. Yeah. And plastic culture, do you want to answer that? I mean, it's pretty much the same. I, th I think it's kind of the same for any yeah. duo. We're also a duo. And, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's he comes up with a riff or I'll think of lyrics and like a beat in my head and I'll kind of hum it out and he'll just start doing it and we'll just we'll just. Create something. I guess it really depends on how we feel, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever mood you guys are in, right? Yeah. 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 We're multi-genre, so we like to dip our feet in a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Well, I would just like to know, uh, you know, where do you each feel you are versus where you think you should be? And what are currently the biggest obstacles that you're trying to overcome? Um. Yeah. You know, for us, we, our biggest thing, I think, like the last time we talked, was just playing our own um, manager, you know, because we're really busy with booking shows and booking festivals and, and podcasts and all this different stuff. So we thought it would be a little bit easier to have somebody take that off our belt. Um, luckily, since the last time we talked, there is a legendary Oscar-nominated, Grammy-nominated uh, producer named Ronnie King that heard us, really liked us, and wants to work with us in multiple ways. So his assistant trying to come in and, and, and play that role for us. So luckily that was our biggest, biggest obstacle, I feel like. And it's, it's, it's now being uh, cut down. Yeah. But I'll let, I'll let Oscar explain what he feels like his biggest obstacle is. Um, I mean, really pretty much the same thing. Like 
I think we're thankful and grateful this year because like we've met so many different people, like including Paul and Ronnie and just like other people we can't mention yet, but um, we're hopping on our first festival this year, which is great. Um, the first um, and like it's it's awesome working with people that have that credibility because it's like he's worked with Tupac. Yeah, you know, he's been on Tupac, The Offspring, Dog, like Some all that to Pepper yeah. and stuff like that. But it's not just that. It's people like Mariah Carey. like Paul, Mariah Carey, Paul and Ronnie that like Tom Petty with Paul as well, you know, believe in us and back us up. I feel like that's very important for any type of um, any emerging artist. You need somebody in your corner backing you up. Yeah. We're very grateful for that. And that was another struggle that we didn't have that now this year we seem to have. And when you say backing you up, are you talking financial? Are you talking, uh, you know, emotional, creative? Uh, what? Not telling people, hey, Plastic Culture is the new band. You need to get them on this. You need to get them on that. Yeah, you know, how can you spread EPK, the word? You know, the, uh, right. So the voice, you're saying that it's really great to have a voice in yeah. your corner so you're not having to, you know, disguise your voice when you call on the phone and saying, these guys are unbelievable. We said Paul to go get him. Paul just beat him up and just be like, hey, class the culture, listen yeah. to him. Much better to have someone championing you to somebody and talking you up rather than you're trying to toot your own horn That's in this true. business. Because yeah. a, a lot of the people that you need to get the attention of, they're already deaf to that. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, especially um, if they're in a position to do something where they get hit up by everybody from uh, an aspiring musician to some charity that uh, is looking for someone to give them money uh, and uh, even um, an old fraternity <laughs> that they might have belonged to in college. Because uh, I met Paul Simon at a, at a Neil Young show and uh, it's legendary in that particular fraternity that I was at a different branch of the City University of New York than, than he was in Art Fun Garfunkel was in Columbia. and I mentioned it to him and he said, yeah, and they never let me forget it. He <laughs> was in that fraternity. You know, it's like he, he dropped out. Like he, I, I got out of college and went to, into music because music was my life and it's, it's my life's work. But the, the thing that, that, that if other people are hearing you, that's what impresses even the, the record labels and what really impresses them at this point is if you really can, manage to move through social media where you have large numbers okay well, they want to they want to sign some act that's already got a, a hundred thousand to a million people following them you know let me let me reinterpret that for him. that means that you, that you as an artist have got to do all the work the label only wants to come in for the cleanup they'll, they'll come in when they know it's more of a sure thing yeah, right. I mean, plus have an AR guy at right, a label guys, tell Hold that thought right there. The job is they don't do anything. <laughs> you guys, hold that thought yes. right there because this is very interesting because we're getting into social media. But before we do that, Laura did actually uh, send us a video before we go on to commercial. And I want to go ahead and show yeah. that to you guys. Laura, really quick, briefing, uh, let, tell us a little bit about that video that you sent to us. Okay, this is, uh, I think this is the song, Thank the Academy. Um, Mindy and I co-wrote this song. It, um, uh, it's, it's basically, um, a, Jesus, I don't know how to describe it. She wrote the lyrics on it, so I know better than I do. But it was just uh, more of a driving song we wanted to put out, but we put out during the pandemic. 
And um, so we've held off other releases in the meantime, except for one. And now that the pandemic's over, we can release new songs. This is called Thank the Academy, and it's co-written by us both by Make Believe Friends. Okay, we do also have a video from Eddie and Caitlin that they're going to also be showing us uh, homework. The heart is, but we're going to go later on, but we're going to have a word from our sponsor, so don't go away. Joey Andrews here, Pinnacle State Properties. My wife Katie and I 
want to take a moment to say thank you very much for all your support throughout the years. And you know what? We have, over the years, have been supporting the Valley Cultural Foundation. The Valley Cultural Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit that brings the community together. Whether it be arts, music, there's nothing like the Valley Cultural Foundation. So give them a call, find out what it is they do, and be part of it. In the meantime, if you're thinking about buying and selling real estate, give Joe and Katie Andrews a call, and you can reach us at joeandkatieandrews.com. Proud to be part of the Pinnacle State family. So thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Westfield Topanga is open with over 200 retailers ready to serve you. Westfield Reward members can earn 2.5% cash back when you shop at any Westfield Topanga and the Village Store or Restaurant and up to 750 cash back when shopping luxury. So sign up today and get exclusive access to events, gift with purchases, and more. Visit westfield.com slash Topanga or text 818-306-5956 to learn more. After a year of keeping seniors safe during COVID-19, the Los Angeles Jewish Home is now delighted to welcome back new residents as well as participants to their community-based services. To learn more, visit lajh.org. Welcome back to the show. I don't want to lose the momentum that we had. I want to continue it because it was, I don't know if you guys heard me earlier, but you, that video was amazing. You guys were just like baddies and I was like rocking to it. And I was like, that's you guys. That's amazing. And then what else don't you do? <laughs> um, so many things. Yes, Thank you so much. That was good. I really liked it. Um, so we've all been talking about what radio used to do to support the artists and what they do now. Um, can you, uh, I mean, I guess this goes out to, you know, going back to, to Paul to Lobster and or Mark. We were talking about social media and I wanted you to continue, you know, finish that because I feel it's so crucial how we, we didn't have social media before, obviously when you guys started radio, but right now social media is so crucial, like the followings, the al algorithms, the hashtags. I mean, where do I, start, you know, where do I begin? You know, and I know plastic culture is always on top of, you know, their social medias. And I know you, do you really have to be constantly posting every single day? Well, yeah, I mean, but we don't like to. It's There's a lot of things that we have to do today that we really don't like and feel that's natural for us to do. But since it's kind of like the name of the game now, we have to take part of it. So unfortunately, yeah, but um, it is what it is. And we try to stay up with it. We try to post, you know, like up to par content and whatnot, songs, shows we're going to do, you know, news about the band, what's going on. But I, I'm honestly, I think both of us do love that um mystery that used to exist like kind of like with the doors or some bands from way back when like from the 60s and 70s where you would find out about stuff like through magazines or whatnot social media i feel like has also hurt artistry in a way because you get judged by the following and also uh, not necessarily by the content of what you're creating but everybody's competing and sometimes you're just posting a bunch of some crap in my opinion i'm sorry but um yeah, constant. So it's kind of like you get you get over flooded with, with a lot of stuff that um, isn't necessarily um, always showing the best sign of the artist. But you have to do that because everybody's doing it. Yeah. You, you have to be there. You have to have a presence. Yeah. I mean, radio was the social media mm. when I first got into radio. Yeah. We were we were it. We interacted with the listeners. We interacted with the musicians. Um, we had listener personals on the air. 
We had all these things going on, buy and sell trade stuff. We, we, we were a conduit for all that and, and information, community information. And now uh, you have to have a skill set if, if you're a musician or have enough money to pay people with the skill sets or develop them on your own. You really have to have an entirely different muscle than what a musician had to do before because you have to self-promote on the internet and then you have to ignore uh, the trolls which the internet is is full of because one thing social media gives everyone is the same size soapbox and some people stand on that soapbox and they really have nothing good to say about anything to anybody they're just there to shoot people down that's what they do and they and they and they come off to me like they say things to people that you wouldn't tolerate from your drunk uncle at a Thanksgiving dinner. He's out on the curb right now. I think the other thing too is, is that uh, in my opinion, uh, the other thing is that uh, when Paul and I first started in the business, uh, if you got noticed by a label, the label would sign you to a five record deal and they would let you put out three or four bad albums. And they had a team that would surround you. Hopefully you were the kind of artist that trusted this team that the label had put around you. And I'm talking about A&R people, producers, uh, if you had your own musicians, if you didn't. Um, and you would be kind of not only guided, but, uh, uh, you know, artistically directed. And so, uh, I mean, there's great stories about artists that developed here. David Geffen talks about them all the time, the, the, the great media mogul, uh, just how um, he signed this guy uh, who the secretary liked his picture, who ended up in the trash can, because that's where David put his first uh, uh, first song. And David that was, was not the best judge of everything. Yeah, and that was and that was Jackson Brown, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and and so these artists developed with the help of a label over time. Now, because of and I don't, I, I think it should go back to the way it was, and and that's simply because when Napster first came out, everybody knows the digital revolution and Napster supposedly ruined all the income stream from the record labels. Well, now the record labels are making more money than they've ever made ever in the history of the music business because of streaming and this constant source of revenue that is uh, that is coming in, but they're still not developing the artist. So if you're a new artist, it is still beholden on you as we currently speak to make sure that you have this platform, which is social right. media and the equal footing and, and you're out there. And get it out there. But the thing you've got to do is what Plastic Culture is doing, what Make Believe Friends is doing, is constantly writing, constantly making product, constantly getting better and an expert. Throw up on a podcast. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, right. You know, you, you got to do whatever you can do. And the live performances are, are still an integral part of that. You've got to get in front of people. Yeah, when we get back to it fully, it will be a return to that. Right. People are really, really, really hungry for live music. One of the good people I come in contact with. One of the things we're kind of blessed with is that um, Mindy's better at social media than me. So she kind of handles the social media and does a good job with it and stuff. And I'm kind of more the nuts and bolts person. It's kind of like the back. You're the lawyer. You take care of all the lost stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so Mark yeah. and Paul, I'm not trying yes. to get at you guys like in a bad way, but you've seen the old and the new, right? You've experienced it 
what advice do you have for plastic cultural and what advice would you have for Laura and Mindy, you know, for, to get them to that next level to where they want to go be at? Well, okay. Since, uh, I see Mark is kind of like waiting for a second to see if I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, do everything you can to get in front of people, whether it's people inside the industry or outside the industry. We were having a conversation the other day and Nora was included. And what she was saying is very true. You never know who's in the audience when you play live, especially if you're in the Valley or in LA, uh, there's a lot of people and people get discovered that way. And that's how, um, well, uh, there's a guitarist that I, it was my artist of 2020, uh, rediscovering Orianthi, who's uh, an Australian, kind of has been stuck in America throughout. Um, she had been discovered by Michael Jackson as the guitarist in um, Carrie Underwood's band, I believe. And Michael Jackson saw a show and just went, uh, I want you to be the guitarist in my band. And she was rehearsing when he unfortunately took that drug that has taken many people from us all over the place, uh, fentanyl, which was an anesthesiologist drug, should have never been turned into a, a drug for pain patients or anybody with any kind of pain. So Michael Jackson, Tom Petty, Prince, um, they all had the same thing, but not to digress on that. Um, the, the thing is that you have to, you have to take every opportunity you have and fill your dance card. And, and you do have to develop the skills, um, like legally, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's a good skill to have. Everybody in my family thought I should be a lawyer because I could relentlessly argue a case, but that, that, that comes, you know, I don't back down, but that comes in good when I do talk radio, but it also comes in good when I'm working on the behalf of an artist, I'll be relentless with somebody. And, uh, and what you guys all need as musicians is somebody who's you know putting the foot in the door and to also always be putting yourself forward in any kind of situation you can and even to the point of when you feel like i don't have any energy for this you know just meeting and greeting people and being there and hanging out after a show and being nice to people even when they're, they're they've had five drinks and they're breathing on you uh you, know, you, you just really need to 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 make people happy. Uh, and music is something that makes people happy. Yeah. It's something that makes us very, it's very unique mm -hmm. as a species. That and, and, and for yeah. me, the bottom line is mm -hmm. for anybody who wants to make it in music, it's gotta be the song. You've yeah. got to deliver the song. It's just gotta be one to start with, mm -hmm. but it's a song that's gonna connect uh, universally with a lot of different people, obviously, you know, developing your stage act, developing your, your ability to, uh, uh, interact with those that come and see you, but it's about ultimately your song writing skill. And, and how it gets in there. Never stop. Yeah. It's, you gotta, you gotta get in my ear and not let me leave your ear. That that's, what's gotta happen. Don't chase trends. You know, you, you find, you make the trend. You know, you, you, you know, figure that out, but it's all about the song. It's all up to you. That's what's going to get you through the door. I like that. Mark, you're dropping some knowledge. <laughs> okay. So we have a, a video for, from Plastic Culture. Well, tell us about this song. I want to hear it. Yeah. 
Uh, we recorded in 2020 um, at Takeover Live Studios when we were doing a lot of the live streamings, which helped build our following. But um, I'm going to back off and let Kaylin talk about it because she's just, like the songwriter and the lyricist. Going back to what we were talking about, too. Luckily, we just played a show May 8th at a pretty iconic waterfront um, little uh, little concert area. And it was called Sea Legs on the Beach. And they have this stage. And it just the point of talking about people wanting music, it's so true because we got like an amazing response and people were just loving it and um, singing along with us. And it was just like a really great feeling. So I, I do agree with you guys on that. I do think it's coming back. And it already is already coming back <laughs> i think that there's going to be a great response for artists that apply themselves and put their best foot forward yes because people are dying for music yes now the big dogs are already taking everything up but if you're coming up and you have great music you're good yeah so that aside home is where the heart is <laughs> that was written i mean a lot of these songs that are released that we released last year uh i was like 18 when i wrote it and it's kind of just about being out of like the city life and like la and the crazy busy go 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 all the time and kind of just finding like either nature or tropical type of jungleness that you like, or like the beach, or just something where you could go and relax and just like uh, just feel like you're not so busy and you're not so Stress. bombarded with so yeah. much stuff and so stressed. So it's kind of like about going wherever you like, like nature or whatever, and finding that and making that like your home, you know.
quick, I wanted to jab in with the with Mindy and Laura on, you know, talk a little bit about the management team. Sure. On on management team, we the Chris we've used the past for our band London Rain, which then became uh, Make League Friends, was um, an attorney, um, Mr. Dennis Canelli. Uh, his law firm out of Beverly Hills, and he managed the band for us, helped take us on a tour to Europe on UK. Um, got me endorsed by High Watt, which is behind me, so I get to put them up, which is nice. You got, they pay for a lot of the tour. Um, and uh, and then since then, now we're kind of transitioning, which I'm kind of hoping it's it's Mindy's husband will will kind of take the reign at this point because he's kind of the perfect manager, salesman, everything. So that's kind of our hope that he takes. <laughs> takes or, or joins up with Dennis and takes over, which would be great. The two of them could work together. And then um, and then when Mark and uh, Paul get their morning show together, maybe they can help <laughs> with that. <laughs> Seven years of uh, at the mast. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you, morning show. you know, how long have you guys been uh, uh, going at this right now? Only three. Well, Make Believe Friends is only basically about three years, but you know we lost a year and a half with the pandemic. We, right, we right, of course. started yes. the first year, and the second year we launched um, a musical. We did a musical together. We created one of our, our songs called American Strange. We played at the French Festival Hollywood, and we won a t bunch of awards at the French Festival for our musical, which was really great. They wanted us to do an updated one. We were thinking about doing that, then the pandemic hit, right? We were going back into live band mode so we're just now um getting back in live band form so we mm -hmm. you know yeah. so sort of started out got things going did a musical that did really well pandemic hit and now we're starting again right and and just one other thing that's important for those that are starting out is you, you're seeing a perfect example of of somebody that you know has a day job has this whole other life, but then has got this artistic side that they're trying to explore. Um, now, I mean, is it is this something that you'd give everything else up for just for the artistic side, or is this just something that you'd always want to kind of keep over uh, that way? If if that question even makes sense. Well, on my end, this is um, you know because I have I have you know kids raised and all that kind of stuff and. So for me, it's sort of like I, I, I put my family first. Outside of that, I, I put my music second. Believe it or not, I put my job third because my job I kind of do by rote. So this music takes 10 times more energy than my day job. Yeah. So, and if I didn't have it, I'd be bored to death. I would just probably shoot myself in the head because <laughs> um, a day job, I mean, raising kids and everything is wonderful. I love it. But... This is this is my expression. This is right. what I'm about. So this right. is everything. Uh, on my birthday Sunday, I did my radio show. That was the best thing I could have done with my birthday of birthday love from the listeners. Um, I wanted to to, to point uh, to Plastic Culture and to Caitlin and, and Eddie um, on this one too, because they're you know the kind of emerging artists uh, breaking out of LA and and finding some traction. So, you know, what is your focus right now? How much time do you guys spend writing, rehearsing, and, and then pushing your music out there to other people? How, what is your focus of those three things? What do you do the most? You know, right now we have about two or three songs in the works. Um, and we're 
in the middle of going to different studios. So we kind of took a little pause on them, like a two week pause on them. But as of right, right now, we're really working on booking shows and booking festivals and booking like just bigger us to open up for bigger acts, you know? And, and like I said, we found Mr. Lobster and we found the thing that um, have these doors and they can open it and they have already showed us and have told us and have let us know. And so that, that's what we're focusing on. And with rehearsing, we do it about two, three times every week. You know, the pandemic has been crazy for a lot of people, for everyone. And for me, um, this, this is, um, you know, I'm used to having to like make the best out of whatever comes at me because that's just life. And that's a lot of people. And the, the opportunity to like, I, I didn't leave my job. I was working good money as an aerospace technician. But when the pandemic hit, everybody was let go. Yeah. And it really gave me the opportunity to really focus on our real passion, which is music. And, and then we noticed that's when we really started really moving forward and really jumping. When he was working half of his life away, yeah. I we didn't have time. I couldn't book this. I couldn't do that. I had to, oh, well, I'm sorry, I can't go here because he has to work at whatever, whatever. So there was a lot of opportunities that we missed because of the job or the day job. So yeah. it was a it was a weird kind of, and I hate to say this because it's a horrible, awful disease, but it was a weird kind of blessing in disguise for us in the sense where we really got to hit it hard in 2020. And we did. We hit it really, really hard because we had plans um, like we said in the last podcast before that, we were going to tour in Japan. We were going to um, hit the 20 territories over there. Um, so we were all excited. We were giddy. But then, you know, the pandemic hit. So we had to completely change our whole um, plan around. And we had to book shows over here. And we had to do it all virtually. We had to do it with just cameras in our face and, and no audiences. You know, it was just, it was really weird. But we did it and um, I'm thankful that we did because we grew a following with that. We just never, we didn't want to give up. We were releasing singles and we didn't want to have a pandemic be the reason why like we stopped. 2020 know? was going to be our year and um, yeah, we just had to adapt with the changes that unfortunately just were inflicted on everybody. And I felt like since we, we lived that life where you're working and you're also like, since we're not on a label, we don't have a manager or any of that, you're basically funding yourself. But we, we felt like we had it to a point which was great that we had our professional recordings, we had enough connections and enough confidence within ourselves and our ability and from what we've seen playing live as well um, to, to move forward with it. And that's why I think we're in the position now where now that the reopening is happening, we're hopping on some of our first festivals with big acts, um, first one in San Diego. But it's I'm, I'm happy and thankful. Like, the pandemic has been really bad for a lot of people, like I said, but we just try to make the best out of the worst situation. And it's 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 making lemonade out of out of lemons, because I would think that uh, as a creative person and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I I'm in radio, but as an artist, if you have a time where you're not touring, you're not doing all this other work then what you would be doing is developing the fundamental skill that will eventually make it for you, which is the song. And uh, as I had mentioned in, in our previous podcast, it's like during the pandemic, if you weren't touring and you weren't out on the road, you know, you should have, you know, 50 songs that are, are, are that you've got, you know, five jewels that are ready to go on your next EP that are going to knock everybody out. I mean, that's, you know, kind of the goal. And I'm just wondering for Mindy and Laura and all you guys, 
Uh, do you feel that the pandemic gave you that opportunity to do that? And do you feel like you were able to uh, 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 create better with the, that kind of a, a songwriting craft as a result of not being able to do anything? I have to just say she she really managed the pandemic well with two young kids and pulled off this and all the things I was throwing at her and all the things the world was throwing everything else. So yeah. I, I I really felt like my... It wasn't as bad for me how, what she did. I'm surprised she didn't shoot me. So, well, and I just feel like from, wait till after the podcast. <laughs> no, like from a musical standpoint, literally right before the pandemic, we were we were getting ready to play live shows mm -hmm. as now make believe friends after transitioning from being London Rain. And when that happened, we just immediately were like, "What? What are we gonna do?" And we recorded three songs, four songs during the pandemic. Oh, and we also started um, hosting our own open mic night because um, via Zoom, because we we missed having that because we would we had a group that we were going to um, almost, I mean, we, we were going almost every week and just met all these amazing musicians and it was fun just jamming with them and collaborating. And so we're like, it was actually Laura's idea, but let's do our own open mic. And we started doing that and we made the most of this time that could have been so depressing and so discouraging. And we really turned it into something amazing. And now we've gotten to meet so many more people and we are getting to meet them in person. They've come to some of our acoustic shows because we're playing acoustic and we're going to go to see them. And, and it's just moving forward. We've grown so much from this year that seemed like, you know, it could have been a loss, but we really did I feel make the most of it that's one thing we did we developed an acoustic show along with our full band show because of the pandemic so now we have we can play as a trio or four piece whatever as acoustic yeah. band which we really didn't have before mm -hmm. so that's yeah. what, so we've been playing at like restaurants downtown LA and things like that and so it was kind of like hey we did get something out of it too what 2020 taught us for any artist it's definitely to pivot and to be, it, I think it was the year of creativity because everyone, nobody had a choice, really. What are we going to do with our time, right? Okay, let's just write five songs. Let's knock it out, do some virtual stuff. Here we go. I, I have to say that maybe it, it got you guys to, you know, really put yourself out there more, a little bit more. Would you agree with that? I think you have to, you had to put yourself out there more. You reach out on social media more you had to do the the streaming you the acoustic thing is is absolutely brilliant that you guys uh, uh were doing um and you know i i it's interesting because i i know with plastic culture uh you know they've got a rotating group of of musicians some of are, are, are more the same uh and i make believe friends you guys are doing the same thing you're kind of rotating uh in musicians and which can be challenging and you know if you're lucky enough to have a whole group of the same people around you and you know you're all in the fight together but that that brings up kind of interesting expense issues you know yeah. uh uh you know bringing people in but i think you guys have all been doing the right things and your music mm -hmm. uh I, i'm very impressed with the both of you yeah. it's very it's this time where you have to you know to use a cliche you know everybody knows that cliches become cliches for a reason but you have to think out of the box and it forced everybody to think out of the box and 
Uh, on the aspect of radio, I mean, we're used to not having an audience. Lauren and Mark both know this. You don't hear a Theater response. Theater of the mind, to, right? Theater of the yeah, mind. Yeah, but you have no idea if people are laughing or if they're or, or if they're tuning out. You just don't know what you you know. All you know is you have to trust your instincts for it. And I think this made musicians drop back to their instincts and and their core and, and why they do music to begin with. And it's how I rediscovered Orianthi, who um, did a live stream from the Whiskey A Go Go and is about to do another one, partnering with these organizations that had just sprung out up to do live streaming during the pandemic. And uh, it's I was watching what she was putting out there. She had a little home studio, and every day she'd sit there and play play some guitar, whether it was electric acoustic or slide guitar or whatever. And I was getting to watch her hands and watch what she was doing with the guitar, even though I can't play basses as close as I got because these are mallets. You can't play six strings with these fingers. And so I, I would watch to see what she was doing. And her fingering was just fantastic. Neil Schoen of Journey has been doing the same thing, sitting in his home studio, picking one of his like 60 million guitars, which one am I going to play today? Oh, the 59 Sunburst. Okay. You know, today's Gibson Day, you know, and, and whatever it is, getting to be intimate with them in a way you're not on stage. So it opened up this avenue for musicians that they really were forced to explore. What we're doing right now is an example of it. The fact that all of us are talking together at the same time on Zoom, and it's the beauty of a podcast also that, you know, if it was broadcast, Six o'clock, there would have been a top of the hour news. We've already passed the six o'clock mark. Yeah. Let's yeah. Go, to, go to commercials really quick and we're going to wrap ah, up the show okay. and let's just keep continuing. How about that? We'll be right back after this. Hold on. <laughs> the Shumash people have stood proud along the California coast for thousands of years. Today, we stand for education. With our tribal youth high school graduation rate at 100%, we stand for giving. As contributors of more than $25 million to the community, we stand for the environment, diverting 90% of our waste stream from landfills. And we stand for wellness, serving 3,000 patients from our health clinic. We are the Santa Inez Band of Shumash Indians, standing proud with the Valley Cultural Foundation. At Amazon, we have husbands and wives that work together, daughters and mothers that work together, and we feel like a family together. You drive home, right? Down the highways. <laughs> my name is Deontay, and I work with my fiance, Tiara. It's just fun to work with my best friend. <laughs> my daughter. <laughs> we rely on everybody else. It's like a big, huge family. I'm very thankful to have that. Love you. Love you. The type of relationships that you create make you come in with a smile on your face. Back to the show. Uh, we really just want to apologize for the live stream not working. If you did, you know, want to catch a show, make sure you go on to thevalleycultural.org. Uh, the YouTube page will be up on there. So you don't want to miss it because really it was such a fun show. I really enjoyed you guys. You have to join us on June the 3rd when we have the Gays Men Choir of the Los Angeles and our emerging artist, Abby Posner. We live stream the first and third of every Thursday of each month. So make sure that you are playing and you are tuning in and watching. So June 27 on our calendar, when the concerts return, don't forget we have, and that's on a Sunday with R&B Sounds, Terrell Edwards, Brittany Crush, and Aviva. And also Councilman Bob Bloomingfield's July 4th Extravaganza, hosted by the Woodland Hills Porsche. 
with opening acts, Alunus, and main acts is Ticket to Ride. And make sure you head on to valleycultural.org for all the information. Keep working on the song. Keep working at your craft. Yeah. It'll oh, happen. Don't chorus. Get, get to the chorus. <laughs> we'll leave it with we're gonna, that. We're gonna, so, um, uh, Mark and Paul, we're going to send you guys our new release coming out in July. Can't so wait. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. But I, I really, I love what you're doing uh, with the Valley Cultural Center and the crew there and uh, Nora and Calypso. I mean, really great job. This is only your sixth time. So all these little technical things, because I've been I've been producing the Will and Willie show. Thank you. Is, uh, a comedian, a comedian and, a, and, a, and, a, and a politician, a political comedian, political icon. And I'm the producer and moderator. So I have to tether the balloons for the conversation. But what, I, what I'm saying is that every time we do it, and we started it in 2006, every time we do it, there's some other thing that I find that we could do better the next time. Of course. So, so you're only on number six. Yeah. It's, it's, and thank you, Laura yeah. Ross. She drives yeah. us nuts and we drive her nuts. So it's an even trade. <laughs> I started following uh, Make the Leap Friends. Uh, oh, I'm a Mark you. Wallengren on social media. You know, if you if you can if you can spell it's spelled just like it sounds, Wall and Grin. Um, but look forward, okay, look forward to uh, uh, talking to you guys. He's wearing a and, nice tuxedo uh, Paul could just, And and uh, uh, Calypso, thank you. Thank you. It's yes. been a pleasure. Thank Great you guys job. so much. Good luck to you all. And we're, you guys are gonna come back to us, okay? When the show is like live right. in yeah. person, that'd be yep. awesome. Thank you. Arts guys. are on the move here. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Arts on the Bye. move. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.